Thank you for joining us on the Anchor Conversations podcast, where we are bringing your Sunday into your weekday. Our goal is to invite you into the conversation that's happening when we're preaching on Sunday mornings by giving you an opportunity to ask questions and to continue to interact with the text through this podcast. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome to the Anchor Conversations podcast. This is Tyler here with Jason. Hello, everybody. This is Jason here with Tyler. <laughs> we're we're coming off of uh, we're coming off of the big tailgate weekend. I'm going to be honest. I'm still kind of recovering from that. I feel like uh, there was there was uh, just too much sun or something. Man, I was yeah. wiped out after that. Yeah, I know. It was yeah. You you forget. I mean, you forget how much the sun does take it out of you. I I uh, I just was not happy with the fact that it was in the 90s. I was like, come on. We intentionally put this in November, so we were thinking, oh, sh- surely it'll be in the 80s, and then it's in the 90s. But that's all right. It it uh it was a good Sunday. I, I love the fact that we had baptisms, and I love the fact that we were able to eat some good food. Captain America and Spider Man showed up. Um, yeah, I didn't see you over there doing any drills with them. What what happened there? You know, I, I was gonna go over there and do that, and then I looked back at the food and I thought, you know, instead of doing that, maybe I should just go get another hamburger. So I also didn't see you over there. I didn't see you go over there doing the drills with uh, Captain America. Well, that's, I was Captain America. You didn't notice that. <laughs> I, had, I was, I was in costume so well that you didn't realize it was me. Interesting. Cause he was like six foot seven. And you're... <laughs> Strange. He also had, had hair. <laughs> he, he also had hair. Um, yeah. That's two strikes for you. So reality check. Um, but I'll, although I will say if it was you, it was a really good costume because I never would have guessed. There you go. See, and and maybe it was me. We'll never know. <laughs> I, I do think that in the future, we don't need to pay someone to do that. We just need to convince someone within the church to do that. <laughs> I don't know who that would be. You know, Take maybe it. it's Chris. Maybe it's, just... uh, you know, I bet Brian Gorley's listening to this. Maybe it's Brian Gorley. Ooh, Brian we'll Gorley. Brian Gorley, that sounds good. I'm just saying, somebody needs to step up and and be a superhero for the next event. <laughs> That'd be so good. That'd be amazing. One, one of the ladies too. We can have uh, Captain Marvel or oh yeah, know. Captain Marvel. Yeah, we could we could pull that off. Um, yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, I, I thought overall, I thought overall the the Sunday was great though. Thank you for all for the uh, all of you that were there celebrating baptism with us. Who. Um, uh, it's just great to worship with everybody and then be able to hang out afterwards. There's something about those Sundays that I just, I love because it's, it does give us an, an extra opportunity, I think, just to build community together, rejoice together, eat some food together. Um, and, and the bouncy houses were nice. Kids were occupied and entertained and that's always a good thing. Hopefully your parents, your parents felt that. Yeah, no, it was great. And it was great. There's new faces like there always is for events like that. New, new people who are visiting. So great to connect with them as well. Yep, agreed. All right, so our your sermon from from Sunday before we went out and stood in the heat and did the baptisms in the hot water got a little um, sunburn. Got a little little sunburn. I I don't think I got sunburned, but I think one of my kids did. Um, but before we went out and did uh, lunges with Captain America, uh, you preached from Mark chapter fourteen, <laughs> verses twenty seven through seventy two. You just got the mental image of lunges with Captain America, don't you? <laughs> all of us, all of us adults out there, just do, just doing some calisthenics with Captain America out in the field. You know, <laughs> I, I also one one other thing. Um, 
the the sprinklers didn't go off because we thought about it this time and we asked the school to turn the sprinklers off unlike the unlike the movie night where the sprinklers actually came uh, on so we we thought ahead on that one we learned our lesson so so all good i blocked out that memory that was that was a mega failure on our part which is a great transition because you talked about <laughs> failure in your mm, sermon. I see like, what you did there. Nice. Your big idea was uh, Jesus died for you who fail. Um, and yeah, kind of the, um, the, the main idea or the main focus was on failure, the failure of the disciples and how God meets us in our failure. Um, so what I thought would be good to talk about as we start off here is this um, theme, this story of God's people failing is not unique to the New Testament. It's actually a consistent theme throughout the Bible. It's it's all over the place. Um, perhaps one of you know top five most con- consistent themes in the Bible is failure, <laughs> people failing, God's people failing specifically. Um, so yeah, I thought it'd be good just to talk about maybe color that in a little bit, you know, give a quick, you know, if you, if you can, you know, overview of that, um, just, you know, walk us through a little bit of the biblical story of failure. And what's the significance of that biblical theme uh, to us? Yeah, biblical, biblical, um, biblical themes are really important, I think, to to kind of trace out because they, they do create a an overarching storyline um, that we want to make sure that we're understanding and grasping in the, in the story of failure, you're, you're right. It's, it's really important. Um, may, maybe for a different reason than we would think. Cause I, I, I wonder if sometimes we look at the, the story of failure in the Bible. And uh, one of the things that we just think of is just like, man, that guy, um, can't believe he did that like i wouldn't do that like we have a we have a mentality of like boy that guy's an idiot um even peter i think we can do that like who would do that here's jesus you know he's why, why would you why would you do that why would you say that why would you act like that you just saw him heal people and feed people and why you know what are we doing um i think that's our first response but the the overarching feeling that we should get especially if you were to go back into genesis the first book of the bible all the way through the Torah, first five books of the Bible, on into the histories, Joshua, you know, all of the judges, all of that, <clears throat> and just read read it all uh, chronologically, or just as the Bible lays it out. When you get to the end of the prophets before Matthew, one of the things that you should feel, and it's as intentional that you should feel this way, is, man, people have tried to follow what God has called them to do for, you know, a thousand years. Like it's been so long that God said, this is what you should do. And people can't do it. Like there is just constant failure the whole time, all the way through, even in the prophets, it's all about, you know, the people of Israel and the people of Judah aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. These are God's people. They've been given, you read through the judges, they, you know, the judge that one of the judges comes, which was before the Kings, they're kind of, you know, supposed to oversee or rule the people. And, and, you know, they, they bring the people back into understanding what's going on. And then the people repent of their sins. And then over time, they forget God and they, they do what's right in their own eyes and they go their own way and worship the Baals, you know, the, the idols again. And then God raises up another judge and the judge comes and he, 
rescues the people and they remember God's faithfulness and they repent of their sins. And then they forget God and they go back into this reality of being wise in their own eyes. That, that the story of judges is essentially the story of humanity. That's what we do. And what, what should, what, what it should, sorry, what should happen at the end of the old Testament? um, And maybe even earlier, maybe the end of second Kings um, somewhere around there is that we should begin to start feeling like who, is there any hope? I mean, Solomon, David fails. Solomon comes in, man, he's doing great. He builds the temple and it's amazing. And all of a sudden you read, he just falls off the map and he marries other foreign women. And he, he goes and he allows people to set up idols up in the Hills. And I mean, you know, he forgot about the Lord, it says, and you just, we should have the sinking feeling like if Solomon and David can't do it, who can, like, I can't do it. And that, that should be, that's kind of what we should be left with at the end of the old Testament, which is man, God is faithful, but why the people just keep failing. And that's intentional because when we get to the gospels, um, what we should feel is we can't, there's no way we can do this. We can't follow God. We cannot do it on our own, which is where God wants us to be. Because the point is we need to trust him. There's something about the redemption of, of humankind in the person of Jesus and his death and resurrection, as the New Testament authors point out, that is the point of the Old Testament. It's the failure of God's people to follow him leads to the awareness and the desire to trust in another that can actually to run back to God, but that that's running back to God and having the spirit come upon us to empower us with resurrection power, to live a life worthy of our calling. That doesn't, that doesn't mean that we don't fail still because sin exists. You know, we live in this in-between world in some ways where we're redeemed and we have a future hope, but yet we still sin. And so failure is part of it. But the difference is, um, another theme would be like representation. The difference is the judges or the kings or the prophets in the Old Testament were essentially representatives of the people, um, especially kings. As the kings went, you know, God's judgment went essentially on the people. Um, his faithfulness was still there. His love and his patience was still there, but the representative of the people that they put in place, that he was like, they, they were supposed to be the, in some ways, mediating this relationship and bring it, causing the people to follow. Well, we don't have a King that fails anymore. We have a, we have a King who has won, who has won a victory. And so our representation isn't one who fails. It's that in our failure, our representative is faithful. And he's perfect. And so we, in our failure, have one who is worthy of our worship and praise. And it really highlights our need for him. And it should bring us back to trusting in, in who he is. So those are some thoughts that I have. If Anything to add to that? No, I just point to, you know, you, you said all this, but just to say it directly, one of the elements of that theme of failure is um, the truth of Proverbs 16, 18, which is that pride comes before destruction or pride comes before the fall that, you know, so many of those scenarios of failure, what preceded them was prosperity. So whether it's David yeah. or Solomon or, or even the disciples, you know, yeah, Mount of transfiguration, and then they come down and there's failure right away um, with the, the guy whose son is demon possessed. You know, I, mean, like it, I would say, I would say even earlier, because if you look at, if you look at, I know you'd say this too, but look at the Exodus as soon as things got hard yeah. in the wilderness, they went, why don't we go back to Egypt? Man, at least we had food. Like we had some prosperity there. Yeah. And and then let's even go forward a little bit. They get into the promised land and it's when they get into the promised land and God's, you know, they, he brings them into Israel. 
they start to go their own way because they just they got they're comfortable they got what they needed they're prosperous and he god warns of that hey listen if you if you find yourself when you're in your homes and you're you're in the land and you're enjoying your cattle and your families do not forget who brought you here um otherwise you're going to go your own way which is what they do and with, i think it's what we do too yeah and i think it's that element of the theme of failures particularly important for us in our time and place because we live in a prosperous time and place and so yes uh you know this theme of failure should remind us of our need for the lord um also uh we need to just remember the the story <laughs> you know we need to remember the story of uh you know where there's prosperity failures close at hand so trust in the lord um remember your need for him but before you get to that point so um now this is this is a line that's hard for me to walk but there seems to be a fine line between being honest about our failures being honest about what we just talked about this propensity to fail and being a defeatist on the other side where it's just like yep why even try because i'm just going to fail everything sucks so how do we walk that line uh, about you know of being honest on the one hand not not feeling like we need to put on a face or you know hide our failures um but then on the other side, not being fatalistic about everything, but particularly our faith journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is a temptation because sometimes we can, we, we drift. It's hard for us to walk a gray road in our Christian life. We want one or the other, you know, either we're, we're defeatist or we're just, we forget where you'd think we're fine. Um, I, I think a couple, well, a couple of thoughts come in my mind, order them um, in my brain. The first one is if we are genuinely considering the reality of the gospel, which is that Jesus in his grace and kindness and patience and mercy lived a life, died on the cross for our sins. And he did that um, for us. And he did that with us so that in our failure, we have hope. If we're, if we're doing that, then I, I don't think, I don't think we will get to a place where we are either a defeatist or, or maybe even more insidiously um, sin hunters where we're just trying to every nook and cranny go, where have I failed? And and then we get into community groups where everyone's like, where did you fail? Let's talk about where we all failed. We're all failures. We're the worst people. We're all sinners. Like sin is the, you know, I, th- that I think can be a really easy trap to fall into as well. And I think we want to, we want to make sure that we have the reality of all, at all times that, hey, in Christ, I am a new creation. Um, the old is gone. The new has come. I'm, I'm no longer what I once was. Um, even in my failure, even in sin, like right now, even as I'm, I know that there's going to be, but I am not, you know, I am not, as some old hymn writers might say, you know, a worm for such a worm as I, God we're not that we are, we are beloved by God. Um, we, his grace is resting upon us. We are saved by his kindness and his love for us pursues us all the days of our life. We're going to dwell in this house forever. We, he walks with us. Like, I think that we, we want to have those things in mind. That's one. I think that Thanksgiving gets us out of that. Like thank being a Thanksgiving kind of people will, will help us avoid defeatism, sin hunting, you know, just trying always to think of the negatives, the failures. So we're just constantly, 
just being a thankful group of people, thanking God for all that he's done, you know, praying, praying prayers of Thanksgiving. If you're not a, if you're not one who prays often and just thanks God for things, like I would encourage you to do that. I need to do more of that. Um, but just to be thanking God all around, like, Lord, thank you for, you know, even, I mean, listen, even for your salvation, sometimes we, what the prayers we pray is Lord, I'm, you know, wow, I can't come before you help me to know, uh, forgive me of this sin. Forgive me of this. When was the last time you just prayed in the midst of a failure of a sin failure, for example, Lord, I'm so grateful for you, for your salvation for me. Thank you for your forgiveness. Um, when was the last time you prayed that? I, I think that that's going to help us avoid some of that. Uh, I think, I think you're remembering God's character. I said a little bit, bit, bit of this, but you know, his patience, his love. Remember Mark, remember Jonah, his pursuit of Jonah. I mean, Jonah was, a, Jonah failed miserably. You know, he's running away from the Lord and God doesn't, God just patiently pursues him, brings him back, talks with them. There's a patience there. He's not striking him down with the bolt of lightning. You know, he's just like this patience that he goes about. So I think that some of those things, uh, would be helpful for us. I think we just want to have some of those guardrails so that our, 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 our vision is not towards, uh, maybe if we use a word picture, it's not looking down at all the things we're tripping up on, but it's looking up at the salvation that has come and recognizing that though, though we may trip, though we may fail, there is a future hope that we, that we hope in and that we trust in and that we can rejoice in. And, and God's the one who who's leading that. Yeah, I think there's like this, even in the Old Testament, you have kind of these two things happening where on the one hand, God is, you know, calling us to repent in dust and ashes or his people for their sins. And then God is also the one that lifts us from the ash pile and makes us princes. And yeah. so, you know, you have those two things happening where, yes, we should, when we fail, recognize that with God and with others, which I think might be harder for a lot of us is to confess that to others. Um, but that's important, you know, to confess that, to be real about that, not to hide that, but then to remember God is the one that lifts us from the ash heap. He's the one that doesn't leave us there. And actually, you know, this is his story too. Jesus on the cross seems like the biggest, honestly, the biggest failure in human history is what it seems like. You have God, the mm. son come in, in flesh and his own people, scream out, crucify him and have him killed. That yeah. seems like, like, is there a bigger failure than that? Right. But that's the moment when Jesus is claiming victory over death, you know, or through that. So mm. God is the God who takes failures and makes them the greatest victory. You know, it's, it's at the name of Jesus that every name will bow. The one who from the outside looks like a failure right on the cross. Yeah. Um, he's the one that resurrects again, redeems from the ashes. So yeah, I guess holding that tension is so important, but hard. It's hard I know exactly. I actually know exactly what you're talking about because uh, in the '90s there was a song called "The Champion" by Carmen that really lays that out pretty well. I would laugh, but I have no idea what that you is. You have no idea what I'm talking about. But here's what's great: some you of old. you that are listening to this right now started laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you have no idea, and you're gonna try and look it up, and. Uh, Hopefully, hopefully you laugh about that too. No, don't don't give him the dignity of looking it up. <laughs> Just laugh at him for being old, for remembering a song in the '90s that's not like <laughs> Barney or something, because that's all I remember from the '90s. <laughs> <laughs> you remember Barney from the '90s? I graduated high school in the '90s, so uh, so yeah, I was I was well aware of those. I think that's like 
that's like I, you know, in the 80s, I grew up listening to all Christian music, grew up in the church, and Carmen was one of those that was just, you know, he came out and he was just, it was just, you know, the songs and but yeah, looking back, it was like, oh, it might be a little cheesy, but you know, it's okay. But so Carmen is a guy? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. That's yeah, all I need at, to know about Carmen. Look him up. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler's not gonna look. He's like, I'm not looking him up. Anyway, no, sorry, no, no, sorry. No. I digress. Let's go back to to true biblical things. Let's yes, sure let's instead of uh, instead of Carmen, let's talk about Peter. Um, oh, okay. You know, because a little Peter... a little un, a little unknown fact is that um, Peter's Peter's nickname was Carmen. That's not true, everybody. Sorry, that's not true. Go ahead. Uh, that's great. No, but Peter did dress as Carmen for Halloween, so it's okay. <laughs> he dressed as Carmen for Halloween. <laughs> uh, now I'll look up a picture of Carmen just so I can have a <laughs> visual of that. Um, all right, so let's talk you know, kind of on this last question, the last few minutes here about Peter's story. That's what you lingered on uh, from the text, which you know, it was like 50 verses. So there's a lot of places you could have lingered, but I think Peter was the right call. Um, and his story, in my opinion, is even kind of a bit unique among, you know, all the stories of failure uh, among God's people, just because his highs are so high. On the one hand, you have, you know, Jesus telling him, you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church. And then his lows are so low. On the other hand, you have Jesus saying, get behind me, Satan your mind is not set on the things of God, but the things of man. Um, you know, you have Peter going from confessing Jesus as Lord to shouting down curses on himself in denial, like we saw in the text this week, just his his highs and lows. So how should his story in particular both challenge us and encourage us as we think about the Christian journey? Two ways that come to mind immediately would, <clears throat> the first one would be, recognize that I think that that's a pattern we're probably going to have to um, just having these moments with the Lord. That's like, yeah, I, I see you. I get it. I, I, I understand who you are. And then we're going to have moments where we're struggling in faith. Um, and the reason for that is because just like Peter, we're human beings that are really imperfect and weak in a lot of ways. Our faith is weak. Um, our belief in God is strong, um, but <clears throat> but we live in this, we live in this world. And so we, I think that that should encourage us that your lows and your highs are very similar to uh, one of the apostles. Um, and we can see it. And I think that we need to grasp that. The other one that I think may be a little bit less, you know, easily seen is that Peter, Peter doesn't seem to be so embarrassed by his story that he's not willing to share it. And the reason I say that is because um, John, John Mark, who is the author of Mark, his accounting is more than likely, I think it's, I think it's kind of a, a well-known thing at this point, not just tradition, but like, no, it's, there's reasons why internally in the text, but is, is likely Peter's account. So Pete, so Peter, Peter, um, you know, would, would have spent some time with, with John Mark, obviously we see some of that in Acts, but as he's around Jerusalem and things like that, but it's likely Peter's accounting of what took place. You know, you have John's accounting in the book, in the gospel of John, you have Matthew's in the gospel of Matthew. Luke uh, was with Paul. And so he would have heard stories from, 
from Paul and Acts, and then he would have been around some of the other guys and would have heard those, some of those stories as well. John Mark would have heard it likely from Peter and Peter, again, like internally in the text, you can see very similarly structures of John Mark's gospel from what Peter's proclaiming and preaching in Acts. And there's other things that just like, you're like, okay, wait, these are kind of the same outlines. This is, he's laying it out just like Mark does. So I think that it's, you know, I think we can be pretty, pretty sure that this is Peter's accounting firsthand account. Peter does not shy away from his failures in telling his story. I mean, he is just not shying away from it, which is probably why he remembers when, um, if you think about what I just said this past week, when the, they, the, the, the people, the, um, women came back and said, Hey, the Lord, we met the, the, the angels told us that the, that you guys and Peter, he, they made sure that you knew too. Um, he remembered and he said that, Hey, look, they wanted me. I, I just think that there is a, there's a reality that Peter, um, knows his failures in here. And he wanted you to know his failures and he's not shying away from that because I think it's in his weaknesses like this. It shows the perfect power of, of Jesus in them. He's not, he is not afraid to say I messed up so many times. Um, the, all of us did like, I mean, he might just say like, we were, we had no idea what was going on. Like if Peter was telling us this, he'd be like, it was, it was confusing. We didn't really see it. Other people did. We didn't, I was the worst. Here's what I did. But let me show in all of that, let me tell you how Jesus was really faithful to me. And I think that it can help us tell our stories because sometimes we try really hard to make our stories perfect. Like we we eliminate some of the failings in our own stories, our own accounts of what God's done, because it just seems like, oh man, that's embarrassing. Or I don't want God to know that that's not good. But in the reality of it, it's in those weaknesses. I think that we really see the perfect power of who God is. And also I think we see his patience at work. How many times in this, in this series in Mark, have we talked about, this is another example of the patience of the Lord with his disciples. He did not crush them. He was very patient. And as, and as a, as a preacher, and hopefully as a, as a listener, um, as I heard Tyler talk about that, and hopefully you, as I was talking about that, hopefully that encourages you that the one that you're worshiping in your failures is that patient with you too. There's something about that that we should really get. And so I, I think that that would be another one is I just think we want to recognize that even in, in your highs, yes, celebrate all of those people around you. Don't neglect your lows because in your lows, I think it's going to encourage people to walk, you know, walk with the Lord in, in deeper ways. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. Um, yeah, I was just thinking about Peter, <laughs> Peter's lows and, and how, relatable they are in a lot of ways you know peter's pretty strong-headed and and he just kind of wants what he wants and you know for for peter this was true i think it's true of us too if we're honest every other place in our lives like there's a limit to how much failure we can have at some point in your job if you screw up enough they're going to let you go at some point in your family if you you know cross certain lines there's brokenness there right like friendships, whatever it may be. The Lord is literally the only one who can handle every ounce of our failure because he defeated it all on the cross and through the resurrection. Hmm. And, um, and I just think we see that in Peter, you know, like there, there is no, when I read, you know, when you were reading just the account of him calling down curses on himself, who, who would forgive someone like that? 
you know, in the, in their moment yeah. of greatest need, their best friend is like, no, I, I, you know, curse me if I know that guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And yet Jesus comes and he's like, friends, come have a meal with me. Yeah. Go tell, yeah. go tell the, the, the guys and Peter, um, you know, I, yeah. I wonder if we underestimate that in some ways as Christians, we don't recognize just the, the depths of that the forgiveness for our failures that you know god is the only one he's the only place we can go for 100 um forgiveness in our failures um, yeah. unconditionally like we know it's true and you want to and you want to understand if you're if you're if you're thinking how, how can i just continue to grow maybe you're in a huddle and you're like man <clears throat> it's been great to just continue to learn what do i do i would say start in genesis and just start reading just, just read through. You're going to get bogged down. Like if you get into Leviticus and you're like, I don't know what's going on. Move on. Like, it's fine. It's you're, you can go back to Leviticus later. Um, but don't get bogged down, but, but just, you know, start reading it and remember Jesus calling, um, the disciples for a meal and think about that patience and that grace. That's the God of the old Testament. You can't, you cannot read it any other way. Even in, even in the times where we see him with judgment, because Jesus will bring judgment, make no mistake, revelation, Jesus is going to bring, he is the king, he is the judge, <clears throat> it's going to happen, there will be justice, that that time has not yet come, and so people, there's there's time for people to repent, I mean, think about Noah in the ark, it's the same story, if you're, if you're, if you question it, how many days were, were, were like they were saying, Hey, there's salvation here. And nobody listened, but they, they, they took, God gave them grace to come and, but there has to be justice and judgment that's got to take place. And so like, don't mistake the fact that the God of the old Testament, you think, Oh, he's, you know, he's one thing. And then Jesus is another, they're the same that the, you, we see, um, in second Corinthians, we see that, um, we see the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So we, we, we have to, we have to see it that way. And you want to, you want to grow in your understanding of who God is. Read the old Testament with the new Testament in mind, read, read it with Jesus in your mind. Well, we just all went through in Mark, the patience of God. Um, read, read that in terms of the old Testament. And I think it'll, I think it'll help you. Cause I think you're going to see it you know, pretty clearly. Yeah. And you'll even see in the old Testament, you have these, you know, these moments of like Isaiah, when he get when he sees in the throne room and he says, woe is me because of the glory of God. He's, you know, he's calling down curses on himself because, you know, just the glory of God, just seeing the train of his robe. And then in the same context, you have an angel coming over and, and touching a coal to his lips and saying, your guilt, your sin is atoned for. Like, yes, woe is you should be their response. But this God is an atoning God. He's a sin forgiving God. You know, that those two things together are just amazing. I mean, amazing isn't even a big enough word. They're it's astounding that the same God who who rightfully you you would go, Woe is me, is the one that says yes, and I will atone, I will forgive your sins. And we yeah, find that good. in Jesus. Yeah, it's good. So it's good stuff. Well, um, this week is as we all kind of go out, that that last live it out point of replacing your name with Peter's, um, I think was a really good one, you know, in your failures this week. Remember that Jesus says, go and get everyone and fill in your name. He's, he's running after you. He's inviting you in regardless of the failures.
Um, he wants to, he actually, and, and you said this about Peter, he wants to show his strength in your weakness. He's not afraid of your weakness. He actually, that's an opportunity for his strength. Take it to him, trust him with it. So let's go forward and do that. Yeah. Agreed. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you this Sunday. Yeah. We'll see you on Sunday and uh, maybe Jason will be dressed as Captain America. I hope so. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see. You can borrow my costume. <laughs> Perfect. Love it. <laughs> All right. See you, everyone. Thank you for taking the time to join us today as we brought your Sunday into your weekday. Our hope and prayer is that you continue pressing into the Lord and applying the Bible to your life as you seek to honor Jesus as King. We'd encourage you to continue this conversation with God through reading the Word and praying and to continue this conversation with other Christians at your anchor huddles and your anchor communities. We look forward to worshiping King Jesus with you this Sunday and to talking to you again on the podcast next week.